The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Okay, you have to listen to the story. I met a man yesterday, and this is right yesterday. I interviewed a man who's 99 years old. 99, okay? He learned by the Chafetz Chaim, okay? In 1933, three weeks before the Chafetz Chaim passed away, he came to Raden. How did he come to Raden? He lived in Denmark, in Copenhagen. And Raden sent a fundraiser, a fundraiser for the yeshiva. One of the fundraisers came to Copenhagen in Denmark in 1933 and ate by his mother's house. His father wasn't alive anymore. His father passed away in America. He was fundraising for his own show. His father was a rabbi in Denmark. Anyways, I don't want to get into all the details. I don't have time. But the fundraiser advised his mother to send her son, this Menashe Tzvi, his name is Menashe Tzvi Winkler, to send his son to the Chafetz Chaim, to Yeshiva and Raden. She was concerned about his chinuch. And tremendously, she got nefesh from this mother, an almana, and she had only two kids, and she sent her son to Radin. And this man said to me, when he came to the yeshiva, the first thing he said is, where's the Chafetz Chaim? I want to meet the Chafetz Chaim. And the man, the man took him, this man, fundraiser, who was there, and he knew him from, from Denmark. He advised, took him to the Chafetz Chaim. He was in a pine forest, and he described him what the Chafetz Chaim looked like. He was laying down very, very weak. Chaim passed away three weeks, three weeks later. Very weak is lying down. There was a tent over him because it was like in a pine forest. Chavetz Chaim was getting fresh air. And Chavetz Chaim was lying down on a beach chair with a tent over him because all the flies, there were so many flies there, flies shouldn't get to him. And he was able to go over to Chavetz Chaim and get a bracha. And he learned there three weeks later that Chavetz Chaim passed away and he continued to learn there for a couple of years. Afterwards, he went to Rabbi Chaim Vassarman and Muranovich. I don't know if you know these names. And he went to Rabbi Bar Leibowitz in common. It's, I mean, this man, what a rich history. I could have sat there all day. But what I want to tell you is that he came back to Denmark in 1939, a couple of months before World War II broke out. He was able to sense the danger and the Germans lurking and planning to invade Poland. So he came back to Denmark. And in Denmark, Denmark was actually overtaken. They were occupied by the Germans since April of 1940. But the Germans had a very interesting relationship with Denmark. They didn't forced the Jews to wear yellow stars. They didn't round up the Jews until 1943. They didn't round them up into ghettos. It was, it was a whole different experience for the Denmark Jews until 1943. But 1943, they had to escape because they started rounding up the Jews in Denmark as well. So they hired his mother. He was a newlywed. This man was a newlywed. Right? He was three weeks married at the time. In 1930, he was, he was 14. 1943, he's 24. He's already married. They hired a fisherman by the name of Eric Rasmussen. They hired a fisherman to, to take them over the channel to the nearby country, Sweden. Sweden is one of the few countries that remain neutral throughout World War II. So this fisherman, they paid him a lot of money, obviously. And he smuggled them through out of Denmark into Sweden. And he said he remembers the trip. And he remembers how he and his wife were covered with nets on the deck of the ship. Because German U-boats would circulate the channel, making sure that nobody tries to escape. And uh, his mother and his mother-in-law also came along. They were downstairs below in, in the ship. And they made it to Denmark. It was a six-hour trip. They channeled across the channel. They made to, I'm sorry, to Sweden safely. He said to me when they came to Sweden, he was so grateful. This is, this is unbelievable. He was so grateful for this fisherman. He had a becher that he got for his bar mitzvah. A silver becher, a kiddush cup. took out a silver kiddush cup. It had his name on it. Menashe Tzvi Ben Michal Shalom Winkler. He took out his kiddush cup and he gave it to Eric Rasmussen as a gift. He said, thank you for saving my family. And he gave him away this kiddush cup. That's it. Fast forward to last week, Tuesday. Okay, this is how many years is this, girls? Um, 43, 
what is it, like 75 years? 75 years later. The man is still alive, 99. There's a woman in Antwerp, Belgium. Belgium. She's, her name is Esther Bestreiter. She's on a tram going to, going to work. She usually takes the same tram to work every single day. For some reason, that morning, she got onto the wrong tram. And she's sitting there. And she catches herself while she's sitting there. She's asking herself, how did I get onto the wrong tram? I don't know. I usually take the other one. I must have been absent-minded. And while she's beating herself up for getting onto the wrong tram, a 70-year-old woman comes over to Esther, and she pulls out a kiddish cup from her bag. And she says, you look Jewish. There are Hebrew words engraved in this kiddish cup. Could you help me read it? I don't know what it says. He takes a look at the kiddish cup, and it says, Menashe Tzvi Ben Michal Shalom Winkler. That's odd. That's my great uncle. <laughs> Immediately, she takes out her cell phone. She calls Mrs. Bakash, the daughter of Menashe Tzvi, in Lakewood. That's where he lives now. And she says, you know, this is so random. I mean, I don't know if it's your father's, but this woman came over and asked me to read the script, the Hebrew script on the silver kiddush cup. And I see that it says your father's name on it. <coughs> Could you ask your father about it? So she goes over, puts her father on the phone. Says her father says, ask her, where did she get it from? So she says, she has a boyfriend. And his name is Dan Rasmussen. And his father, who passed away a long time ago, Eric Rasmussen, left him this kiddush cup, this cup, she didn't say kiddush cup. And he always used to tell him that they received it from a Jewish family. That's it. And because I take the tram a lot, and, you know, my boyfriend, he's not in Denmark, I'm in Antwerp, at commute, said, he asked me if I can find a Jewish person to help read what's on the cup. The Hebrew script, they don't know how to read Hebrew. So, Manash Tzvi confirms that I gave that to Eric 75 years ago, when we arrived in Sweden. So, so she, tells, she tells it to the lady, the lady calls up Dan. And Dan says, and she, he wrote an email, and they forwarded me the email. I have the email. I can show you a picture of the cup also. We took a video on the story. But it was done. And they, 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 um, he said, someone should never have to give away a silver cup for being saved, for saving their lives. Innocent. The cup doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. And she gave back. She gave back the cup. Now, what's really amazing is I went to interview this man, you know, the whole cup. And it's interesting because two weeks time, he's marrying off a grandchild. And um, this grandchild is named Bichol Shalom after Menashe Tzvi's father. And the grandchild told me, he shared it on camera, Bezrat Hashem, you'll show it to the school when it comes out. He said that for... For many, many months, I've been davening for a shidduch. And in every time I davened, I evoked my grandfather, my great-grandfather's name. I said, Hashem, I don't deserve anything. But I have a grandfather like Menashe Tzvi and Michal Shalom, great people. In their zechus, please help me find the shidduch. And he said, in two weeks' time, that cup will be the cup used under my chalom. And I'll do a condition with a cup that says Menashe Tzvi. Ben Michal Shalom Winkler. For me, that was a message that Hashem is saying, I got you. I got you to feel as I listen to you. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. 
storiestoinspire.org.